serve the Lord. God's presence is very important in the believer's life, in the life of the church, and in this world. The presence of God Expel darkness, expel the works of the devil. So if you're able to invoke God's presence, security, protection, and all other things will be added. You don't need to fight your own battle. So the cry of the psalmist that God should not take his presence away from him. There was a time in the time of Eli, Israel's son, and the Philistines they had came to attack them, and the Philistines prevailed against Israel killed the sons of Eli, took away the ark which represents the presence of God in Israel. And sometimes you cannot understand how can the heathen capture our God? Sometimes there are many questions why the enemy seems to prevail against us. First Samuel chapter 5, they captured the ark of God. They said, after the Philistines have captured the ark of God, they took it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. They took it from where? What is Ebenezer? That's far God has brought us. You think God has brought you to a certain position with his presence, then something happened to shake that position, to shake that faith. Don't be worried. In a moment, don't worry, I think it's just troubling me. In a moment, (laughs) fear not. 
In a moment, you will feel you've been defeated. How many of you know that? And they were very disappointed, not because many people died, but because what constitutes their very existence has been taken away. They lived for God. They lived because they have, God was actually ruling them. It looked like they have taken their kings away. And their lawgiver. If it's me, I would try to plan to go and do a counter attack to capture my God. But God knows how to defend himself. I say what? Sometimes we try to defend our God. But that God which we have knows how to defend our God. They took the ark from Ebenezer to where? Ashdod. Oh my great God. Then they carried the ark into Dagon's temple and set it beside Dagon. They added God to one of some of their gods. They have a room for their God. So when they captured, they thought they have captured the God of Israel. They brought him inside to come and add to their God so that the powers can increase. I am going to take something and add. Some Christians always go to take some other things and add to their God. They think Jehovah God alone is not enough. Let me tell you, God is more than enough. Ha! Huh. They set him, where did they set him? Beside where? What? They think Dagon is a co-equal to our Jehovah God. They thought it was that one that helped them to capture our God. So they brought him there so that that one can keep Jehovah God to check. Check on my end. To their surprise, you know what happened? To their surprise, something happened. Verse 3. When the people of Ashdod rose early the next day, there was Dagon. There was Dagon what? Falling on his what? Falling where? Worshipping our God. When you fall on your face, that's how the angels, even the dark ones recognize that Jehovah God is the greatest God. They fell on their face and did what? Ah. 
falling on their face on the ground before the ark of the Lord. What were they doing? Their master has come there. They have no choice but to fall before him and worship him. They took Dagon. They had to go and help their God up. He said, this God, why have you disgraced us like that? We put this God, we went and captured him, brought him here for you to take care of him for us. By the time we came, you rather have fallen and you are worshipping him. Oh, sorry, get up. That's not why we brought him. They took Dagon and put him back in his place. Even Dagon getting up, he can't get up. They have to come and help him to get up. But the following morning, when they rose, there was what? Dagon again what? Falling on his face on the ground before the ark of the Lord. His head, hands, had been broken off and were lying on the threshold. Only his body remained. Who is like unto our God? God's presence cannot come for the devil to display. Once God's presence is created, every power and every force will have to fall on his face. That is why in a meeting, we have to create God's presence. If somebody chased you from the house, some demon has been tormenting you from the house and brought you and you came here and he followed you, what will happen is that he will fall on his face. If the other demons try to revive it, the next fall will be that his head will be chopped off and his hands will be chopped off. It simply means that he's been incapacitated. His, if his hands are chopped off and his head is chopped off, what can he then do? Unless he's a footballer to use his feet. Even there's no head to coordinate and tell the feet where to hit. Our God, no challenger. This afternoon, if anything has been holding you, keeping you, we're going to create the presence of God. And God will rule in our affairs. The ark represents God's presence. I think, let me read this and let you see. Eventually, they could not keep the ark of God. They have to transfer him to another, another place. Or, hmm. But the following morning, that God has fallen on his face and his, his head and his hands had been broken and were lying on, his, on the threshold. 
only his body remain. That is why to this day, neither the priest of Dagon nor any other who enters Dagon's temple at Azor step on the threshold. Threshold. The Lord's hand was heavy upon the people of Azor and its vicinity. <laughs> he brought devastation upon them and afflicted them with tumors. When the men of Asdor saw that was happening, what was happening, they said, the ark of the God of Israel must not stay here with us. They cannot hold your God. Instead of taking him back, they took him to another place. Isn't it? Because his hand is heavy upon us and upon Dagon our God. So they called together all the rulers of the Philistines and asked them, what shall we do with the ark of God of Israel? They answered, have the ark of God of Israel moved to Gath? So they moved the ark of the God of Israel. But after they had moved it, the Lord's hand was against that city, throwing it into great panic, like when the pandemic came. So this is not the first time panic has come. Wherever God went, if his people is great joy, if it is a, your enemy, panic. God's presence creates panic in the enemy's camp. God's presence brings blessing in the believer's camp. They thought by changing and taking that act to a new place will change the condition. When God went there, he inflicted heavy losses to them. That, look, you cannot capture me. You made a mistake by taking me to your place. How many of you? Anyway, anyway you haven't stayed in a village before. I've stayed in a village. Um, I used to go, when we go to school, they cook, the food is on, the, on fire, and it's time. You have to remove some of them. You keep it in your hands. Sometimes you, some of them put it in their pocket. And very hot. You put it in, some of them you put it in your mouth. It bends. You don't know whether to throw it or to swallow it. That's exactly what was happening. The tent is burning. He doesn't know whether to throw it out or to swallow it. If we swallow it, it's burning you. If we throw it out, he's giving it torture. Torturing. The ark of God. The ark of God created panic. So they called together the rest of the Philistines and asked when and asked them what shall we do with the ark? And they answered, let's take it. They took it, the ark. Then verse, as the ark of God was entering Akron, they also decided the panic came and it afflicted the people of the city, both young and old, with, without outbreak of tumors. So they sent the ark of God to Ekron. This is the third place. First place, some people say, oh, it's nothing. This coincidence. So let's move it. They move in there. They say it's coincidence. Third place. And the third place, where is the third place? Ekron. As the ark of God was entering Ekron, the people of Ekron cried out, they have brought the ark of God of Israel around 
to us to kill us and our people. So now they have a head that the ark is very dangerous to, <laughs> to the people who do not serve that God. So when they heard they were bringing the ark, they were crying, <laughs> they are bringing the team here too. Just like the first time any, uh, when, when the, when the, uh, 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 this disease that makes you put on the side, I don't know. The COVID started from China, so China, China. The moment it lands on places, hey, anytime, when it started spreading, the moment they discover one in the country, everybody enter into panic mood. We enter into panic mode. So they also heard that that, that had caused tumor in both Akron and where? And Gaff and all around has come to Akron. So what they did is that as <laughs> The ark of God was entering. The people of Akron cried out. They have brought the ark of the Lord of Israel to kill us and all and our people. So they called together all the rulers of the Philistines and said, send the ark of the Lord God of Israel away. Let it go back to its own place or it will kill us and our people. For death has filled the city with panic. God's hand was very great, heavy upon it. Those who did not die were afflicted with tumors and the outcry of the city went up to heaven. Wow. They cried out until heaven heard. The heaven brought wisdom how to deal with the situation. The situation was then to take seven months. The Philistines called for the priest and the diviners and said, what shall we do with the ark of the Lord? Tell us how we should send it back to its place. Can you imagine you fought the battle and captured it, you have won the battle, but the aftermath was greater and more terrible than <laughs> if you have lost the battle. Here is the ark of God. They didn't know what to do with it again. They don't like it, but what do you do with it? <laughs> He's now in their midst and now fighting the battle for death, for Israel. Israel was lying in the house, sleeping, but God was killing their enemies. When the enemy thinks he has captured your wealth, captured your business, captured your husband, captured your wife, captured your son, don't be afraid. The presence of God will go ahead and do warfare for you. Someone asked me, why do you say the act of God is the presence of God? In fact, when they captured it and they lost the battle and Eli heard that his children were killed and he fell and died and one of the uh, 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 Eli's children's wife uh, was pregnant 
and when he heard the husband was killed, wanted to uh, then give a forced labor and give birth. When he finished giving birth, he died, and they named the child Ichabod. You know the name of Ichabod? It means that the presence of God have departed. She named the boy Ichabod, saying the glory has departed from Israel because of the capture of the ark of God and the death of the father-in-law and her husband. God's glory presence is always there. The moment they took that away, he said, the glory of God. The Bible said that, you see, God's glory needs to be with us. That is what Adam lost when he sinned. The Bible said that, for all have sinned and have what? Huh? And have come short or have lost the glory of God. That glory of God was captured and now that glory of God through Christ has been restored. In that time, the glory of God departed. In Jesus' time, he brought the glory of God upon the earth. That both the Gentile and anyone who shall, who can believe, can be restored to that glory. So what gave Israel and made Israel a distinct nation was God's glory. What makes the believer a distinct people is the glory of God. Moses said, how will they, how will the people know that Lord, you are with us? Except they see that glory. Show me your glory. Moses said unto him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Look, God, it is your presence that carry your glory that always drives away our, our enemies. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? Anytime God is pleased with his church, with his people, his presence and glory rest upon them. That is why what makes a church an authentic church is God's presence. It is not the church building. It is not even how the pastor eloquently preached. It is not even how, how big the church is. It is when God's glory is there. Oh, let me finish. I love that. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? I love it. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? What else can show that believer and unbeliever are not the same. Well, you may sit in the best car, you may live in the best vicinity, 
that does not show the difference. There should be something that somebody who is wealthy, a billionaire, a trillionaire, when he meets me, there should be distinctions. The distinction is God's glory, God's presence. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. God answered Moses that I am pleased with you. He said, how can people know that we are pleased with you? He said, I am pleased with you. So when somebody, I'm pleased with somebody, this is the answer. My answer is that my present will be, let, let, let's look at what happened. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. If you are pleased with me, I want to see your glory. How many of you want to see God's glory? And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. And I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. When he asked for God's glory, what did God answer? He said, I will do what? And the Lord said, I will cause all my what? So God's glory carries what? The goodness of God. Anytime God's glory, God's presence enter into a place, he carries, he brings along with goodness of God. He is good and his mercies endure forever. That was what Jehoshaphat used to conquer his enemies. He said, for his good and his mercies endured. His presence and his glory. So he started singing the glory of God and the glory of the Lord started going before them and overcame their enemies. Wow. Today, Dagon fell before him. They were now asking how to take back God's power, God's presence to their people. Look, there is going to be whoever have taken anything that belongs to you, God have given to you. Your enemy will release it with speed. There is going to be a release with speed. Say a release with speed. So they were then asking how they could take that in. Because they had to, when they are bringing it, they must bring it in a, <laughs> in a way God wants them to bring it. So they are afraid. They are showing respect now to the ark of God. They've now respected the ark. They are now afraid of the ark. They now want to know how they can deal gently and, and how God wants them to deal with them. So they consulted the, the spiritual world. <laughs> they answered, if you return the ark of God of Israel, do not send it back to him without a gift. When they captured, they didn't know that they have to go with gift. <laughs> cannot take 
something from God and take it back free like that. There's a price to that. He said, you cannot take the, that ark back to God's people without a gift. Okay, let's look at it. <laughs> Do not send it back to him without a gift. By all means, send a guilt offering to him. You must acknowledge that you are guilty. <laughs> you are guilty by, by taking God's, God's person. You shouldn't have even touched that. So you need to give a guilt offering to pacify you before you can take it. Let's look at it. Oh God, that go pradi. By all means, send a guilt offering to him. Then you will be healed and you will know why his hand has not been lifted from you. Oh. Did they do it? The Philistines asked, what guilt offering should we send to him? They replied, five gold tumors <laughs> and five gold rats according to the number of the Philistines rulers because <laughs> The same plague has struck both you and your rulers. Kai, this is God. All that they were doing, God was showing a sign. I'm going to strike all of you. And all of you, all the rulers, each one. <laughs> Five gold, two more, big one. For every ruler, all the rulers, all the family head, and everyone. Imagine the gold that was sent to Israel. You didn't go to do Galamse, but, but gold is following you. Ha! God is smart. God knows how to do business, isn't it? This is good business. Tell the devil, never come close to the God, to the Jesus which I have in me. So when you are there and you are attacked by the enemy, know that gold is behind it. If the devil attacks you, he will pay for it. If the devil attacks your family, he will pay for it and pay for his mother-in-law and father-in-law. He will pay for all the demons in your village. So this is not the time for you to cry. Ha. Make model of the tumors and of the rat that are destroying the country and give glory to Israel's God. Ah. And give what? Because the glory belongs to him. His presence carries his glory. Look, you took that glory to your place. Give that glory back to that Israel. You have said your gods have helped you. Now, it is not your God. Give that glory back to him. And that's what your enemies are going to do. They will give back glory to your God. Give back glory to the God which you serve. Those who have mocked you, who have mocked you because you're a believer, 
very soon, they'll be giving glory to that God which they were mocking at. Ha. Verse 7, verse 6. Why do you harden your heart? As Egyptians, and Pharaoh, as, and Pharaoh did. When Israel, God dealt sharp. They also know harshly with them. Did they not send the Israelites out so they could go on their way? They heard about the history of what God had done to their enemy before. So they said, hey, this God we didn't know and we touched him. <laughs> we should go back to history and ask Pharaoh and his people that, that those people, you cannot touch them. Today, people thought that the God who delivered the Israelites from Egypt is dead. And that was what they thought. And Jesus has passed. And they think they can capture him and bring him. Look, God will bring them back to history. He will take them back to history. That the God who was the God of yesterday he is the same God of today. He is the same today as he was yesterday. Anyone that attacks you, attack your health, attack your wealth, attack your family, attack any your finances, God will take him back to history. That you cannot do that and succeed. The fact that God was silent doesn't mean that he's dead. Sometimes, you, God, something happens. I say, why did it happen? Why do bad things happen to good people? Haven't you asked that before? Why did this thing happen? There are so many questions. But the answer is that there shall be a restoration. And the restoration is going to come with reward. With gold, with silver, and with great glory. So, they sat down and go and read the story for yourself. And you will really, I want you to read your own Bible. So, go and read it and you will understand what really happened. They tried and did it and they put all those things and directed the, uh, uh, the, the horses or the, the, the animal and put them in a new cart. They did exactly what ought to be done and they sent it and those animals went straight to where they ought to go because God doesn't need anybody to direct him. He can direct himself. He knows his way to where he should go. Brethren, I sense in me that the glory of the Lord will appear to most of you. Sometimes people look at you and say, oh, they have, somebody has taken the glory from you. That's why you are not married. Forget about it. God's glory attracts it will attract both enemies and friends. They will see that this one, the glory of the Lord is upon him. God's presence will bring his glory in our midst, in our services, in our worship. Let us look at it 
and see how God's glory will be shown. For God's glory to be shown, he said, let us give a guilt offering. You cannot give a gift guilt offering if you haven't sinned. It is sin that brings what? Guilt. So once God deals with sin, his glory can turn and bring, come back. No matter what sin you have committed, today you have the chance. You can tell God. You can offer your guilt offering in your heart which is your prayer, that God, I have sinned against you. Forgive me my sins. If you are not born again, the glory of the Lord is not upon you. You can speak to God today that take away that from me. Forgive me my son and receive Christ into your heart as your Lord and personal Savior. Then you shall be saved you shall be saved. The ark will come to its right place in the midst of your heart and no weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. That is when the glory of the Lord is upon you. Shall we bow our head and pray that prayer? If you've never given your life to Christ, it is time to give your life. Our gracious Father, we confess our sins before you and the sins of our fathers, the sins of the nation, and the sin of the church. Lord, you know it, our heart, our going out and our coming in. We bring our offering, our guilt offering, that it is no one that we have sinned against. It is only you that we have sinned against. It is not even Israel that they sin against. It is you. And that's why they give you that guilt offering. We offer our collective prayers to you. May it be acceptable before you. And let your glory descend. Heal diseases. Touch people. Bring direction guide people, remove everything that impede the progress of people. Lord, now establish your kingdom upon their life in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. We have come with